welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Creative Innovation Podcast. How are you doing? Welcome. The weather this week is brand spanking new. Yep, we've got brand news. Radim Malinich coming up on the show today as we prepare for the launch of his second book, Book of Ideas, Volume 2, which is a beautiful specimen, I must admit. It's uh, it's a stunning cover. It's a beautiful inlay. It's perfectly designed. It's it's Radim to a T. He's a workhorse. He's a beast. And he's going to be talking to us about that whole process and his journey into and through the creative industries today. We're going to get deep. There's a lot to talk about. But first, quick thank you for my lovely sponsors that keep this show free for you guys. Illustrationweb.com, my agency supporting a hell of a lot of creative talent, illustrators, lettering specialists, large-scale mural artists, gift makers, animators, all going on, go and check them out. They've got a fantastic news section on the website that lets you get a little bit deeper behind the curtain, looking at their projects, their clients, and a lot of valuable information. So go and check them out. They're the great supporters of this show and the industry at illustrationweb.com. Heartinternet.co.uk, tech sponsor, digital tip, every episode. These guys provide fantastic SEO, social media support, domain names, URL, everything, all the things you need to get a good presence on the web there. They have great tutorial support. It's all out there on their YouTube channels. Go and take a look. Um, I thought I'd mention Radim Malinich this episode because Radim's awesome. He works the social channels really well. Uh, he ties it in well for his book releases. Uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a monster. He's talking all over the world at the moment. Um, Coming up soon, you can see him in Amsterdam, you can see him at numerous dates in London, Montreal, WeWork, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's happening, it's everywhere, he's all over the show, so go and check him out, catch him when you can find him near you next, a lot of dates coming up that you can see on Radim's website. Um, so I met Radim at Glug in Manchester, uh, industry speaking event, which you really should go and check out if you haven't already been made aware of them or been to their events, but... He was speaking that night and he came over before the talk and said hello. And we had a great chat. He said he knew me through the podcast and through Gordon Reed at Middle, Middle Boop, the Arrestal Mimics alumni. And we had a great chat and he was just full of energy and full of zest and he put, uh, he put on a great talk. And it just means that little bit more now when I see what he's up to on there. And I do go and check out the people that I know in person more often than the people that I haven't met. That's just the way it goes. That's what it's all about, networking in this industry. Um, but Radim will talk about on the show the, the downside of social media and how it made him feel very inferior in his earlier days. So we'll get into all that stuff. But in a very roundabout way, that's the digital tip, uh, just to, to proceed with caution, but actually to, to back it up with you know, face-to-face time. Uh, get out to things and, and see people and try to crystallise these relationships as well as you can. And, and I think there's a lot to be said about the success of Radim's first book of ideas uh, off the back of that. I, I'm sure he will agree as he'll t- talk to us all about that in the episode coming up. But uh, thanks to Hat Internet for that. Uh, also, go and check out the wonderful Association of Illustrators. I was down there to pick up my Dr. Martin's boots, which was shortlisted in the World Illustration Awards last year. Sorry, this year, even. Jesus, years passed me by. I don't know about you guys, but... Um, I picked them up, I had a chat with some of the guys down there, and lo and behold, they're already putting the wheels in motion for the 2019 World Illustration Awards. So keep an eye on their channels at the AOI on social platforms, great supporters of the show, and get involved because it was a great award ceremony last year. Really, really blew me away, and I actually felt quite wounded coming away from there because I was 
I was owned. I was owned by a lot of the people on there. People had killed it, that show, and the winners were very deserved, and I knew that I just wasn't in that bracket, and I was delighted with the shortlisting, but... You know, I really want to up my game this year and go one better and try and try and get something get something in there, which is very very difficult. Um, but they're doing great things, so go and check them out. Increasing amount of events outside of London, in London, they're just doing great work. So go and check a look. So Radim, Radim, Radim Malinich, let's have a look. Brand new is led by Radim Malinich, an award-winning freelance creative director, graphic designer, and keynote speaker based in London. From global brands, startups, family businesses, and individuals, Brand New offers a unique approach to branding, graphic design, packaging, illustration, typography, and web design. So he's a busy, busy boy, and with his second book of ideas about to drop any moment, I don't know how he manages it. So I'm going to talk to him about this journey, about about how he's currently set up as as more of a rounded, creative, ideas-based studio rather than an illustrator, which he used to present himself as. We're going to talk about that shift, why he did that off the back of what he describes as a a real mental burnout. We're going to get into the, the darker side of that and why that happened to him and how he came out the other side and how he's all about happiness now and balancing um, his life, his work, um, his passions and what he's doing and, and who he's working with and why he wants to work with people who give a shit about the ideas, people who want to work with creativity and want to work with people who know what they're doing um, and take charge on jobs. Uh, and it's about being energised and being passionate in his work. So it's a really inspiring um Enlightening conversation, I'll be the first to say. Uh, we met down at DNAD where he was having his book launch last week. And thanks, huge thanks, by the way, to DNAD who accommodated us and gave us a meeting room to record the podcast, which made life a hell of a lot easier. So we're going to get into all that. We're going to talk about his wide-ranging practice and, and why he's set up as he is right now. So let us know your thoughts, please, at Arrest or Mimics on the social media channels. Hit us up on any of those, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever your favourite one is. Always happy to hear from you guys. Comment on the SoundCloud, drop us a review on the iTunes. It's all really important stuff. You can check us out on Stitcher Podcasts also. Um, if I'm missing anything, by the way, please let us know. Let me know uh, what platforms I need to be on so that you guys can listen to it on your favourite channel. Uh, really important stuff, a lovely engagement with everyone. Please do keep the feedback coming. So I could bang on all day, but I'm going to take you now without further ado to Radim Malinich and meet him down at DNAD's offices in Shoreditch. Uh, enjoy and do please pick up the book because it's absolutely wonderful. Book of Ideas too. Oh, cheers, Ben. It's, uh, cheers. No, thanks, thanks for making uh, this that's in the space. Now. That's all that actually made it very, very doable. Mm. It's on the two stops then. Otherwise, mm. I had to go to Somerset House to pick up the boots that I had. You know, these Dr. Martins in the World Illustration Awards last year. Oh, well, right. This year even. And uh, I had to pick them up, so I had to whiz there, but it yeah, just yeah, made life easier instead of three stops. Nice. So yeah, it's all good. So the book launch is happening tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So Got a book. Going again. The first one must have been at least a good experience then for you to, to go again. So the first book, um, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about it, it's a bit, a bit haphazard. See, I just, I, I spend four years mucking about making some sketches, making some notes, and I'm not really being really sort of dedicated to it. I knew I wanted to have another book, and I knew I wanted to do a proper book with writing. That makes sense, you know? Because yeah. I've been making since since the beginning of my sort of freelance career, making like little, uh, well, I used to call them books, whatever, brochures or glorified brochures, whatever we call them. And they were just lookbooks with pictures. So those were fine enough, but I just, I just, 
I wanted to do something bigger, more substantial. Yeah. And of course, I had a sort of the self-publishing bug. Uh, so I thought, okay, I'm going to do this on my own. And I, and I did it, did it, did it, and had a couple of like failed starts. Only to learn when my, my girlfriend, her wife, uh, was pregnant. When I told everyone, oh, I'm going to finish the book when we've had a baby. Everyone was like, yeah, right, you never will. So I rushed it. I, I literally, the four years of notes I had, I just, let's say it would be something, some, I would hear something somewhere, I'm thinking about something which was like a motivational quote or just a, just a phrase of words. And I'm writing down, I put this monumental text file on my phone. Da, 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 da. One day I realised, oh, I can actually sing it to an iCloud. Wow, because I almost lost it. But there's literally 500 ideas in there, like just, just something. And it was kind of an antidote to, or like this, yeah, I would say an antidote to those motivational quotes about four or five years ago, everyone was posting, like everyone was a philosopher. Still are. Yeah, are they? Oh, luckily they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're not. Still out there. Uh, maybe yeah. because I'm not on Facebook much these days. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, philosoph- the philosophers turned up. And and I'm like, okay, so it's, like, it's just a sort of, just a throwaway value, da 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 And you're like, well, wait a minute, let's spend time on this. Like, someone had to put this together, like, someone had to write a sentence, what's in it? And how does it apply to me? Because you read this and, and, you, and you think, oh, that makes perfect sense. Why wasn't I doing this before? <laughs> and you realise, right, okay, and then you just forget it, then you just, the phone rings or whatever, and you go, whatever, and, and you, can't, you don't think about it. So I, I kind of wanted to expand on it, see see what it is, and yeah, uh, the, the four years of no's, I literally wrote twenty four thousand words in seven days. Yeah, just like a machine. Uh, wrote wrote a book, uh, started designing, dropped quite a few client projects because I just couldn't <laughs> to, to fix it down to go and get it done altogether, and yeah, printed the books literally about a month before the launch and just my daughter was due to be born on the 21st of March my book was due on the 1st of March yeah. <laughs> I was like let's do this um, yeah just did it it was kind of haphazard I was not really thinking much beyond printing thousand copies putting them on my own store I was just going to say and, because distribution is a whole different monster just, just, just leaving that and through the, luckily through the baby steps but book publishing baby steps I when I upped the volume, the size and everything of the book, the printer said, well, of course you can store the books in our warehouse. You know, you can, you can fulfill them from our warehouse rather than you know, having them in your garage and your attic and everywhere. You know? Yeah. Like in the past. So that was already like one, like a massive weight of my mind, like weight of my, shoulder, weight of my shoulders. Because the, I'm, I'm showing them what you've done before, but I've, I've spent days on end in the post office with like 50, 60 books before... 100 books being hated by everyone and you go yeah. and I've got five for Germany and five for enough seven for Brazil and you can <laughs> and you literally like if people can kill with their minds you'll be killed so I'm thinking how am I going to like I had let's say the book volume one had there was like three four hundred pre-orders mm. and I'm like how am I how am I going to stand in the post office and send four hundred books it's like I mean this, this is, so luckily this was like one thing that was automated so I just all I had to do was do a spreadsheet and it just went. Okay. So that was great. So I could concentrate on other things. But then I I looked up how to do things and how to get the book on Amazon. 
So I started an advantage program and literally I became a supplier of my title to Amazon. No difference to supplying biscuits to a supermarket, really. Mm. So that was literally just a Google search. They don't know how do I do this. I asked a designer who had a book on Amazon, like, hey, how did you do it? And he's like, oh, it's a waste of time. And I'm like, really? So I did it. I just worked it out. And it was a, well, a game changer and life changer for mm. me because Amazon made my book, really. Well, who, 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 who got the book? Three, 300, 400, that's a decent amount of pre-orders for that was, somebody doing this off their own back. I mean, yeah, obviously people who knew of your work or yeah. were in your network, I would assume. Yeah, so we were lucky that um, I did. Well, I, we did content share. So um, just a basic PR, just to send in um, snippets. Well, just to send in, well, actually PDF at that time because the book was in printed. Sending it to places like It's Nice Dad, Digital Arts, Computer Arts to get a review and to get um, computer. I think It's Nice Dad, a website I couldn't ever get onto with any of my work projects. <laughs> published uh, a page or published a chapter about Creative Block mm. and it became the most viewed article of February. Wow, okay. And that website still got a major pull. So, yeah, that was, I was just watching uh, just numbers going mm. up and. Yeah, I mean, the, the pre-orders were just, just amazing because I, I was thinking, well, I've got a thousand copies. I'm going to be fine for years. Because the um, previously published books, well, the brochures as we call them, um, they, I mean, took a year to sell a thousand copies. I mean, still, it's just, like, still a decent volume. But yeah, yeah. I, I just thought a thousand would be enough and it sold out in three weeks. Wow. It's like, okay, it's like right, we've got a problem. We need to print this again. And correct the typos, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and and correct the things that didn't go well. So, luckily, I had a second chance. So, apologies to anyone who bought the very first edition. <laughs> hey, that, that, someone like that's more unique. That's you that's know? literally you've got one of one of thousand copies, which is uh, <laughs> not too many typos, but yeah. So, so that was the that was the journey. So ever since I got more shrewd about um, profit margins, and mm. um, so the second printing was much cost-effective. Uh, Amazon is, obviously, like selling book in retail, is savage because um, you get 60% taken up by a retailer, sometimes 55, sometimes 50. So still, you know, you have to, yeah, kind of work with that margin. So it's, it's. I did the first, I did, I did the first printing as a, like, a, like when they make a really nice meal in a Michelin star restaurant, they just make it and then backtrack the cost and go like, well, it will cost us 15 pounds, let's sell it for 50, you know, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, the book cost me X, Y, X, so and so, let's go backwards. And I realized, oh crap, because Amazon's going to give me only 25p more for sold, for sold book than it cost me to make it. So I had to really be more, I would say it was savage about deals with the printers and just like how can I get the cost down to a manageable place because I wanted to still print and print in the UK, mm. not in China. I wanted, I've got a very good relationship with Taylor Bloxham, which is a, a high, high end printers in Leicestershire, fantastic people, and I just want them to be on board. So mm. I had to go and something had to give because I just. I didn't have the lead time of a big publisher of like a, uh, three years of planning and printing and just, I'm just like, this is it. I've got three months. Let's get it done. Yeah. So, yeah, that was yeah. the uh, book one. Well, there's a huge appetite, isn't there, in our industry. This is what I've come to find for, sh- for shared experience and for, I guess, vulnerability in a sense and people just discussing the things that we all wrestle with or the things that we all 
or struggle, love, whatever it is. And there's, uh, that's like you said about the article about creative block, mm. that kind of shared experience. People are hungry for that. So I guess, mm. you know, it's, I think, wow, what, what I unknowingly wrote was kind of a mixture between a journal monograph and uh, a self-help book, really. I mean, it's not necessarily in neither of those things. And I think that kind of being it hybrid, that's what makes it interesting. Mm. I kind of like, I bulldozed all of the rules that a, a major publisher would do. You know, like the cover was had a fashion style pattern on it. <laughs> it was dark and navy green, uh, navy blue even. Um, it just, I mean, it was all, I mean, in a way, I, I was lucky that I could, what I created made sense but when it come when it came to writing of the book i could only write about what i know yeah i studied economics i didn't study art you know i i've i got really badly not got injured but like i had a burnout so bad that i had a problem walking down the street you know it was just so bad like it was too much caffeine too little sleep too much work too much excitement and then through through this you mean through creative work um, no, so not, not literally as an experience, like from my experience, you know, like struggling with anxiety, struggling with, and I mean, being, being a naturally a shy person from, you know, from Perth until I realised I had to actually push myself out there and just do things because no one's going to look when you're doing and say, hooray, you had the best opportunity <laughs> of your life, you yeah. do this. So it's more or less coming like being like a, a part of a bigger team to go in, to be on my own, to work on my own, start my own business and... You, you're the face of your business and the creativity is you know, the face of your uh, face of, um, of what you do uh, there's, there's, there's no you can't hide obviously. If, if you were to make it successful you have to be the face of it so I just kind of shared my sort of escapades and mishaps and that mm. kind of stuff because when you look at the design shelf that's available it's, book about, it's books about grids books about typography lettering graphic design school or whatever that is it's just it's all very like there's, there's no no fun in it mm. and I'm like you know what I can just write about about what I know and I found that the um, the aspect of the book about mind has a huge impact on students on people who struggle with confidence mm. and it kind of connects where other books don't so I just wanted to sort of get that even though that was not necessarily the plan I didn't I didn't have a plan saying right I'm going to write a book for you know Australian yeah, designers you felt it. I, I felt very like when I was going through my burn burnout I felt very alone hmm. it was just like I felt I was the only person in the world struggling with, with what I had I didn't know how to get out of it I well luckily thanks for my wife I got out of it she was like yeah you need to see some people <laughs> and it felt yeah it felt very scary so I I mean it wasn't that, not, not just anxiety it was also like subscribing to this nonsensical um, social media glorification like, oh, my work has to be shared or my work and I'm not, not getting numbers and that kind of thing mm-hmm. and I was just very consumed within my own bubble and as soon as I admitted to myself that there's a problem, as soon as I seek help, as soon as I kind of try to make make amends you know, to, to, to solve this, I felt liberated. And I kind of felt, okay, I've got something to tell other people because mm. I, I come across now with students who say, hey, I've got an anxiety problem, but to know that you stand on the stage and you're giving us a talk yeah. and you say, actually, 
it's not the most natural place to be, mm. <laughs> but I have to do this. And yeah. like, it's, but I, I've learned this when I was 35, I'm now 40, and it would have been a lot helpful to, to learn that when I was 25 or 20. You know? too, I'm often because it's exactly the same experience. You sit, there's that time where you start to come of age and think, fuck, mm. the same reason I try to share stories through this podcast, it's the same reason that I write, because I, at some stage along the way, I, I clicked that, you become invincible when when you're completely honest with your character mm. and you and you put that out there in the way that's best for you. Yeah, and it resonates again. That goes back to the the, the appetite for the shared story because everyone. I think there's something about the creative mind. Mm. Those characters are very vulnerable people, very sensitive, mm. introspective people, and the downside of that is that we're all very. Um, we, we struggle sometimes to to deal with the world, you know. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I totally agree. It's 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 the um, the facade of the social media when everyone looks brave and everyone looks in an amazing world and everyone's doing really well and everyone's posting every day. And yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Why? Because a it, it has to be a little bit of struggle. Like creativity can't be easy. Never is. If you're not challenged, you can't create brilliance. But it's not meant to be impossible. But what people what we don't talk about is like actually shit, this project was a real struggle. Like you wouldn't believe the other the craziness they had to go. Hooray, here's a shiny project. That's yeah. what we normally see. So it's just like sharing that stuff behind the scenes, like sharing that that there's I mean, I remember even writing some of those chapters, I'm thinking, what are people gonna think? What are people gonna think? Mm. And I'm thinking, well, who cares? Like, why do I care now? I have to get it out there to get it validated. And of course, some, someone's going to hate it, someone's going to like it. But it was like, for example, in the first book, I was so preempting situation, mm. so preempting. Whereas with the second one, I'm like, I'm, I'm writing a copy. It's fine. It's, this is my story. It's fine to, to share this. You know, it doesn't have to be fine by everyone. Yeah, it's okay to wind people up. It's okay not to give people. Well, a... Even in the title, book of ideas. Very simple, but it's, it's immediately disarming, I think. It, it's, it's ideas, it's, it's yeah. your experience, your thoughts. Therefore, again, you're putting that out there as your experience. No one can really challenge that. Yeah. You're not going, this is what things are, this is how you do this. You're just, you're just blowing your mind onto a page, essentially. And mm. I think there's something nice about that, because people can choose to put the book down and go, what a load of bullshit, but it's still it's yours. And, and, and yeah. for every person who does that, there's probably 20 people who go, oh, he's... I'm so glad he's done that because someone else feels the way that I feel like what you said about feeling very alone you know yeah it's it's definitely that that connection I mean luckily it's been we've not had many returns <laughs> the book has sold 10,000 copies and I think I had like five returns like, yeah through yeah. Amazon um, I had there's, there's literally a handful of negative reviews some people made a real real effort Telling me that they spent two hours reading the story and they that there's there's nothing in there they don't they even didn't know, or you know, or, and it's just like okay, yeah. okay, you you spend more time writing a bad review than you actually spend time understanding the content. Hey, that oh, yeah, don't get me started. That way of thinking is a spiral. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave them to it. You know? There is there is yeah, but it's it's interesting I, when I do conferences and talks abroad and everywhere. Um, People say, when I said, okay, so we had a, we had a bad project, like it didn't go really well. People say, well, even, even in your like level, like the way, like, yeah, everyone gets crappy projects. Everyone, like, of course. everyone's in a relationship. Everyone argues. Like, everyone, like there's, there's, there's no eternal happiness. Like, it's just the things that 
we are led to believe as well, humans and society that some of people got it all sorted out. So when I when I started looking through this kind of more calibrated vision, thinking, well, how many people, let's say, on the train in the morning, like how many people just about hold it together? Like how many people are not going to have the best day? Like how many people are not... Like because when you feel so anxious and so like what's the word um, I don't know fearful anxious and fearful thinking right it's me everyone's got it sorted out and you're like no because once you start talking to people and get real their real inside when they open up you're like well I didn't even know that I'm, I'm not even I'm not, I don't have the worst feeling in the room like I mean there's, there's people who got it much much worse so yeah it's just putting that in the mix with creativity and kind of the meaning of creativity, it's an interesting mixture because we have to have a philosophy of what we stand for. It's okay to, you know, learn whatever skill and then do something with it because, you know, if you've got skills, I mean, that's why, for example, like people don't pick up a guitar, people don't learn a guitar because they've got five albums in their head. <laughs> They're like... I want to learn Photoshop because I want to do something with it. Yeah. Now I've got an idea because I've learned a tool, then that, so I can write a song because I've learned how to play the guitar. Yeah. So, but the process that comes with it is so important, yet very few question it. Because we work in these, well, most of people work in teams, so you've got strategies, you've got account handling, you've got that, 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 that. So there's 25 people on the project. Like you're not gonna be particularly thinking as a as, a, as an art worker or designer about a, the greater good or the, the the connection or the you know the behavioral economics or behavioral science or like all of that thing. Obviously, you won't be thinking about it. Whereas in my model, when I scale it all down, I'm that strategist, I'm that account handler, mm-hmm. I'm that designer, I'm that creative director. I'm doing all of this, and therefore I think way more than I work. Yeah. Before anything is done, a lot of validations got into it, a lot of planning, a lot of a lot of like research got into the project, and that kind of thinking, as I was learning it, helped me to put books together because I wouldn't design anything until it was written. I wouldn't write anything until I had an idea. Mm. So it's just like kind of working in those stages, being very efficient and kind of looking into it, like how I can make it happen on my own. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing about being independent and, and setting yourself up as a as that studio, as the idea and as the manifestation of it. And that's um it's a heavy load to carry, you know. That's that can be that can be daunting and and, and and at the end of all of this we have to make money to live also. Therefore, if you don't find the clients who give you all that process mm. but pay you well to do that, fuck then then it's Difficulties lie that way. Yeah, I, 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 I say in the first book that you should work for your soul and successful follow because everyone is guilty of taking that commission on, which pays really well. Yeah. But you literally want you want to die. You just like <laughs> just just go away, people. Just take a take a thousands of pounds and please go away because yeah. this is no good for no one. And it's usually breakdown of communication, this breakdown of understanding between people. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had a great stint as an illustrator in advertising for the most part of 10 years alongside my sort of design career and I found myself at 35 <laughs> talking to someone and not being disrespectful but talking to people who were like 10 years younger and just literally just, 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 just mumbling nonsense like oh yeah we're going to do this and we're going to do that I'm like it doesn't make any sense like you're going you're gonna to pay well 
but you're not leading this. You just you're just trying to satisfy the project or satisfy that. You know, you're just trying to plug that hole with something that you think you're, you're applying it. But I just found it very frustrating because the work was getting diluted, it was compromised, and there was just there was nothing in there left. Mm. And I thought that's definitely no way to go because I'm, a, I'm just one part of, of of this big sort of food chain. And I don't necessarily think that what I would create would actually go all the way up to, to the top to be actually produced. So I kind of gave it up because I, I, I just I just I hated this, the process. Um, it's it, yeah, I was I was I, I knew that there's 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 better way of creating work. So I've scaled down the the, the client size. So I work with decision makers. I work with smaller businesses. And it, it's it's very much a collaborative process where there's a full understanding of what's going on. So you come with a big idea, people buy into it. I just I like I like to kind of get people always a view of what's one step ahead, rather than da da six options. Let's choose today, and they'd be like, whoa, I like yeah. brown, but this is yellow. You know, like that kind of thing. Whereas here's your story. This is your business. Have you ever yeah. like this? Is kind yeah. of like nurturing that that, that narrative because. What I've learned through, well, from, from writing these books is the power of language. It's the beautiful um, tool that we've got that's so interchangeable, so moldable, so colourful. And uh, I see like people doing Instagram stories. And I'm like, so I've designed this poster, that poster you can learn how to do this and that and this. I'm, I'm like, literally, I'm just, I have to switch up. Like, like we have the most... Um, amazing toolkit and skills of creating visual things yet most of us can't talk about what we create that's why people get scared of talking about their work because well I did this with John helped a bit you know and um, <laughs> just used this I mean I think it's like derogatory but that is the nature of when I do guest lectures at universities the confidence isn't there because the kids sit in somewhere in corners and somewhere in a corner of the room and they just kind of hack away on their own and then Ta-da, I've created something and, and they literally oh, I've created this and I put it on that because students students now have discovered mock-ups so you can't see anything they've created as a big mock-up and just like oh come on just like if the more you speak the more interesting ideas you get the more colourful and flourishing ideas can be and that's what I feel like. it's, it's what made a huge shift in my work mm. to actually do that I don't know what, in your work what you, how you work but yeah, people say like, "Oh, I found inspiration from music and lyrics." Like, mm, yeah, yeah. As an illustrator, maybe, but yes. it's more like, what, "What are you trying to say?" The conversation mm. that you have. I think wide open. I think I think you have to be wide open mm. and responsive, no matter what the medium, whatever you're trying to create. I just think creativity is the way you respond to the world around you, and if that mm. world is very linear and kept within this discipline or within the poster design spectrum, it's not. It's only going to eat itself. I think you have to take notes of every little thing not every little thing I think you just have to be, you just have to relax and take in the world that mm. sense of experience and, and it's amazing when you switch off actually what the, how the greater ideas come through when you just when you be and you take it in I know that sounds very mindful and philosophical yeah. but I guess this is something that I've come into in the last few years I used to be very kind of I want to work for that client and I want to do that design for that person and be very specific with where I was targeting myself yeah. and in some ways I did win those clients and, and, and get some really great ones and some awesome projects but just recently, I'm, I'm just open to, to medium, to collaboration, to, to where it's taken me. And actually, 
path is seeming to form itself in a lot of ways because I'm being honest about me, my character, what I'm doing. Mm. And this isn't something that's restricted to me. It's just something I'm seeing in people who are very happy and, and, and energised with what they're mm. doing. They're all really quite open people and, 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 and you know. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I like exploring creativity for what it is. In a way, it's wide open. I One of the reasons why I stopped being an illustrator is that I was kind of shoehorned to one style. One style sells well. Talent is harder to sell because we need an electrician to fix the electric. So we need a digital artist to do digital, no, <laughs> a digital illustration. So I just felt that the hinges of the world were sort of like blown up and I could see all the possibilities of creating work with amazing clients who run honest startups, businesses, something that needed a forward thinking but it's not necessarily particularly like confined to one idea. So it's just that, I mean, my, my, my foremost aim of whatever I create is just to make people feel something. So when I do my mood board index or art direction proposals, I just pepper it with lots of like, like interesting things. There's a book, there's a, sorry, there's a chapter in a new book which says, it's just called Box of Macaroons. <laughs> and I've got this picture of ma- macaroons and they just look freaking awesome. You can tell I've got a sweet tooth, you know? <laughs> but I just put that down, like multicolored, the box is beautifully designed. Yeah. And I put it into uh, various different decks for clients. And they go like, wow, that looks amazing. What's that? Macaroons. Why? How do you feel? Like, what do you make? Not just, what is it? How do you make people feel? Mm. What, what? And it's kind of like, it's that, sen- like, it's that new sensation making people, making people feel something. So... When you come, like, if I use an analogy to traveling, imagine you go to a new place. Okay, we know, let's say, Seattle is Seattle and New York is New York. But it's like, okay, so I'm going X, Y, Z is Seattle. I'm going to go to Seattle. But what I'm going to discover there, it's going to be nothing like what I was expecting. It's not going to be predictable. And that's why kind of interchanging things and exploring things for what they are is so imperative to creativity and so mm-hmm. imperative to, to our thinking because... That little sort of narrow-minded world of like, okay, I do one thing, I do really well. I don't think that works. I don't. I mean, it works for someone, but it's yeah. just because you need you need a specialist. You need like the engraver's gonna be an engraver, like if engraver. Yeah. You know, like you need like an honest craft and skill. But if you work for your soul, if you if you if you really try to get the best return on your life in in really out there way, you wanna kind of consider what else is there like, and just and say well I'm good at this I might be even better at something else like, yeah. what, what is it and, then, and and I think it was the old sort of late Massimo Vignelli who said like, if you design one thing you can design everything mm-hmm. and I can't believe that because in the last 18 to 24 months I've designed offices I've designed album covers I've designed murals I've designed books I've designed all sorts of things and mm-hmm. it's just they're the same process you go what do you need to do? <laughs> they go like, we need an office design. Okay, let's put it together. Let's have a thing. And it's the same process as with album cover or... Yeah, it's working with... And I'm going to steal this from Graham Wood, who was a guest on the show and fought one of the founding members of Tomato. A very, very smart mm. man, a huge talent. And, um, but I, I just... He wrote his piece for the former incarnation of what is going to be the second book is going to change now but I'm still going to use the piece that Graham wrote and he talked about creativity becoming a commodity and, and, and it's, that's the absolute antithesis of what it actually is and, it, and it's, 
he likened it to magic and saying it's working with the thing until it becomes alive. Whatever mm. it is, it doesn't matter the field or the yeah. form. It's 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 exploring the idea or the thing until until it feels alive to you, to the person receiving it in the audience. And it's it's not a complicated thing. And, and too many people overlook it and they want to put it on these spreadsheets and they want to mm. and they want it to be something they can pay for and know what they're getting. That's not what creativity is. It's never been about that. And never will be. Yeah, creativity and numbers. That's that's <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other throw. <laughs> creativity and return on investment. Well, seeing as the numbers came up, you mentioned the economic background. What so what's that? And what's um, what is your background? I my well my my background actually like my journey into design. I don't think it's unlike anyone else's. I mean, I know there's 7 billion people out there, but <laughs> I I was always happy to give something a go. Hmm. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I was not always the most outspoken or most sort of loudest character in the room. Uh, but I, I, I played ice hockey as a, as a kid. Yeah. Because that's in Czech Republic, that's a national sport. Football comes second. Uh, we are quite good at it. So I went to be an ice hockey player. So I just told my mum, I'm going to be an ice hockey player. She's like, I'm going to join the local team. And she says, <laughs> well, you can't ice skate. I'm like, well, we both know that. But I'm going to go and learn, right? I mean, I was like eight or something. Yeah. So I did that. Then discovered death metal and all sorts of extreme genres of, uh, of, of metal music. So bought a bass from the band. Wanted to be a rock star. Didn't like my bandmates too much, so I became a DJ. Mm-hmm. Literally, I just like, after one of our gigs, I went to a DJ booth in my local club, and I was just like, hey, I've got seven CDs. Can I play some indie music? They're like, yeah, go for it. I mean, this is like 1995. And I just, yeah, I stayed there for five years. Not necessarily every day, but like, I, I played, um, I played five nights a week uh, in that club. And because my inquisitive mind was that I've always wanted to see what's next. I mean, mm. this is well pre even proper internet. Like this, this is this is the modem connection, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you rely heavily on printed publications and stuff, and yeah, I just I was just all amazed with extreme music, um, hardcore rap. I mean, as in like I mean hardcore as in biohazard and that kind of bands, not hardcore. I <laughs> 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 was. Um, and then I was into like the Ninja Tunes and all sorts of like, so I had like a wide spectrum of music. So I ended up playing five nights a week, five different styles. So I'd be playing, I would be playing like a full blown house music set. The next music, like midweek was like a proper like acid jazz and stuff. And it was just, I was, I was amazed because that was available to me and I was getting paid to play my, to play my music that I really love. So that was a kind of learning experience that you can do fun things and get paid for it. Mm. But, I kind of sobered up halfway through this process and realised, well, I, 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 I need to finish my education properly. Mm. So I, um, yeah, just, just enrolled into economics course. And it was kind of like economics and business management. Because uh, uh, I, used, I used to be quite good with maths. So that was kind of like, I, I could pass the, sort of in, the, the intro exams. So I did that, but I never really got back into it for, well, for I never wanted to be in finance. It was more sort of just sort of the kind of a broadening of, broadening of a horizon just because education 20 years ago, especially in Central Europe, was like you need to have a degree to get a good job because you go, you go in a different pay packet and whatever. But luckily, literally, as soon as I finished my degree, I just like, hey, what's in, what's England like? Yeah. And I moved to England uh, purely for the music, 
what I didn't know I was getting was actually um, fascination with graphic design art mm. and things like the Guardian newspaper was actually especially at the time of all that sort of Helvetic outside was what got me into design yeah. that was it but the, the economics still the, the, the background in that is is the logic behind what we do because again the linear thinkers in, in our industry like okay so I'm a designer therefore I think like a designer I like yellow therefore you're getting yellow whereas I like inspiration and, and the logic from know, from from uh, hard facts I like I like sourcing um, information from science and anthropology like just kind of looking I'm literally skimming just over the top I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not, not, a, not a specialist on any of these things but it's just having that flavour of, of these things just to have to hand really makes a difference so in presentations and, in, and strategies well, they're, it's all, just, they're all springboards yeah. for, for ideas so, and feeling like you said so yeah so for me it would be like uh, again in a new book and there's a chapter on gallery, gallery versus high street because you would get asking an interview in a magazine like, so what would you recommend as in what sort of uh, gallery or the museum exhibit you would and I'm like, um, just stand on the Oxford Street for about two hours and watch people how they behave. Yeah. That'll give you an idea where your work's going. <laughs> That'll give you an inspiration. I might give you an idea how to fix the world. <laughs> so it's, it's very much the inspiration. Like, yes, the gallery pieces can make you feel something about the hard reality and numbers of what's happening in the real world mm-hmm. is kind of like another bolt-on. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's definitely been a positive uh, asset to have a degree in economics because uh, eight people, sometimes eight makes me different. Yeah. But it also, I, I, I feel I'm, I'm slightly knowledgeable in, in those topics that I can, I can relate to. Because mm-hmm. it's... If you had a client who would say, well, I can understand your illustration career. must be hard to be paid, not being paid late or chasing invoices and that. And you're like, oh, do you? Do you understand? So it's just like when you, when you tell a client, like, oh, I understand, you know, how you guys work. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I've, I've, through practicing mindfulness and meditation, has helped me greatly to work with meditation clients. And I've worked with three or four now. And yeah. it just helps you to have a, no, have a kind of, have a sort of way It's so really refreshing to hear this because it's right on board with, with I suppose it's the way I see the world. But um, but the thread that I see throughout all that is amazing because you're, you're, you're not, you're not discarding anything. You're, you're drawing on the things that interest you to make you feel alive. Hmm. And, and what's great about all that from ice hockey to, to the, the metal music right through to the wall and see what's happening in England is that kind of willingness to have a go to not be afraid of not something not going somewhere and, mm. and change and embracing change and actually all those and, and for all those things you know I hear that thing where someone gets to the end of a five year relationship and goes well that was a waste of time because we split up now it's like well, no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> you're alive you're learning you're all the time it's like yeah. you know, it, it's, that's how else do you navigate the world and creativity in, in, in our context you know but it's the same thing, and, and then look at all that. What a great span of influences that is further making you unique in what mm. you do now, whatever it may be. I do sometimes wonder what those people who kind of woke up on their fourth birthday and said, I'm going to be an illustrator. Got it. I, I, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just discovered I want to be an illustrator, therefore I just did illustration since I was four. I'm like, I, 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 in part of me I'm jealous because I would like to know What's, what's, it, what's it like to, to find some your calling at age four or five or six or seven? Mm. Where some people claim to have done that. Because I was still asked when I was 24, 
that's literally when I was just about at the sort of the threshold, threshold of finding what I was going to do. Well, somebody said, like, so what do you want to be in life? I don't know. Happy? Yeah. And she says, but you don't get paid for being happy. Don't you? And I'm like, uh, let, let's see about that, you know? Yeah, and it's, yeah, honestly, yeah. like, you get, you get, but that's, I think, again, the problems with society when everyone's kind of drumming into it. Be the top dealer, be the girl boss, be this and be that, be happy, do this. Well, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's happiness and their success. They're two very different things. Success is only is only success to the beholder, and if they're happy, mm. then that's success, isn't it? Surely, I mean, it's, it's it's it's. I think it goes it goes back to the sort of rock climbing uh, analogy where the books about well, the rock climbing is is, is is not an easy thing, and if it was easy, why would people go back? Like, there's no struggle. There's nothing. You don't you don't give to get. Yeah. So with creativity, it's just like if 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 it's not hard. Why would we bother? Yet we get, we get told by many contemporaries and peers like, "Oh yeah, it's an amazing project we just did, and this is what we did." I'm like, "Tell me the struggle. <laughs> Tell me what went wrong." Always, yeah, it's yeah. Like, again, it's that vulnerability about uh, what you said about struggling with anxiety and actually coming through the other side of that and wanting to give that back to those people mm. who are way back down the ladder. You know, it's. The same thing. It's, it encourages it, enlightens people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's. Um, yeah. So, book two is it the is it continuation of, of is it another series of thoughts and ideas? Yeah. So, book two, volume two, it's still. I was I was trying to explain to someone the other day. It's like Guns and Roses. Use your illusions one and two. <laughs> 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 Apart from the fact that I've released one by the two and a half year um, delay. But I'm I'm sure when you finished your book, you were like, "So this, I'll never write another book again because this is just like it, I, I felt like the storm of what I've like the self-inflicted storm of things I created for myself. Three months of making that book, I'm like, never again. Like this, and literally, like as I said, never again. But I was happy with what I created, so I went to launch it in Amsterdam at FITC. Uh, one of my good friends, Frank, uh, who lives in, 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 in Holland, he was like, oh, mate, love your book. Um, yeah, it's really good. When is it? I just look forward to reading the next one. I'm like, there will never be a next book. <laughs> we'll never make another book. But that kind of feeling goes. Like, after a few weeks and months, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I've still got like eight chapters left, like eight, eight things left over, and this is happening, and people giving me feedback, and people's like, so yeah, actually, the next book will be lovely. And I'm thinking, well, maybe. So, what I've literally in the same way, uh, about six months, not even three or four months after the release, I started making more notes and looking for what I didn't use and what didn't go in the first book. And made notes, literally made about 60 notes, um, sort of continu- continuously adding to it a bit more. Only sort of to come back to it about a year or so later, I kind of validated those things. So if I, if I write something down, let's say the box of macaroons, I would think about it. Okay, so that's what happened. That's what was the experience, what it is. And because it's an actual experience, something I've gone through, I don't have to write it down. I don't have to think like, oh, I'm going to come back to it. This is like this ethereal, amazing thing that mm-hmm. I've just come up with. Like, nope, that's the reality. <laughs> so I was making, making notes. And this time I was more... Uh, regimenting more methodical about the approach so I wrote 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 wherever I could now as a parent running a business um, we also decided to renovate a house 
I um, decided to finally finish my driving license <laughs> and more or less working into life, into everything else. Yeah. So there's never really an ideal time to write a book because I, <laughs> I would be like, yeah, you know the life of a writer? Live in Cornwall, watch the sea, <laughs> go for lunch, come back, you know, do that. That never happens. It only happens with bestsellers. Yeah, it only happens. And, I doubt, and, I, and from what we said earlier, I doubt that even happens to them. Yeah, because they're just like, you watch like it's just the Netflix author, isn't it? Just like yeah, yeah. Well, they've um, got shit going on too. Like, what was it else. like? Was it the affair? I was watching on now TV. It's just like yeah, yeah, the character. <laughs> so, but I mean that that you feel like you're self-imposed. Thing, oh, I'm a writer. Whereas the reality is that I wrote most of the sketches, most of like, you know, the, the starting sections. On my phone, on, on the flights, yeah. on, on the tube, on, on well, the tube, yeah. Me too, all the time. Yeah. And I, I like that. It's like we said about just being, being, and yeah. taking things in and, and listening to that conversation from someone a couple of rows back on that mm. flight. It's, it's, that's what's awesome. Man. The amount of times I was scrambling the phone out because someone said something that's pure gold. You know, that, that's it's just being responsive. So uh, you were, yeah. And, whatever, and whatever, whenever we fly on the same flight, I have to be careful because there <laughs> 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 might be things ending up in your book, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's that instant moment because we use phones for very wrong reasons. Like, it's a smartphone, but it's a dumb thing, really. So I try to be... That's a good quote. As... <laughs> 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 it's... Um, thank you. Um, it's uh, literally like... I try to use it for, for good for good uh, purpose and efficiency. Of course, I'm guilty as any, anybody else with checking Instagram or whatever. It's yeah. just like, it's, just, it's... The attention engineers got us. I mean, we have to, we have to admit to it. But... Having, um, uh, I use iWriter, um, it's, it's a basic sort of text editor, but it's synced to my Dropbox, it's synced to my iCloud or whatever that is. So it, it's it's almost like I can pick it up on my laptop, I can pick it up on my desktop. And there is no real perfect time or space to write. You just have to make it happen. And I'm mm. sure that's, that's something that you found. But Completely. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm, literally, if I wake up at five, I used to wake up at five a.m. just to write because I just find eight is the most peaceful time. There's no phone calls yet, and I just write. Literally, just waking, like waking up, write that, and yeah. So I wrote for this time for about six months. Wrote sixty, what was it? You know, forty-five or sixty chapters, and I wanted to do with this book. I wanted to be I had more of a rhythm, more of a structure. So. I decided that there's a 15 chapters in each section. So I've taken five of those and, and put them into a case study scenario. So there'll be a project and a, a, an idea was applied to this. Um, starting afresh every time or like um, other things that, that are in those chapters. So it was quite interesting because I, I finished writing the text, the copy first, and I thought, done. Oh yeah, I'll write case studies. Maybe I'll write five. Maybe I'll write 10. All right, let's write 15. So that's like another 10,000 words. And it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to write this. I'm going to write that. And it's, I was writing what seemed like forever, mm-hmm. but I had to adhere to my timeline because I've said myself, I wanted to release the book number two exactly a year to a day after the first one in March. Unfortunately, due to things in life, like I couldn't do that because there was other things, unfortunately. Um, so I decided to push it back by six months. I said, that is it. And luckily, it, it, it's kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, it, it, I wrote a book of the copy and went to the copy editor. 
who is always savage. I don't know how you did your book, but I've literally from like 30 or 40,000 words, you just get 24 back. And you're like, yeah, that's the reason why you're a copy editor and I'm a designer. Yeah, it's essential and they're very good. Yeah, and you discovered that your grammar's not that great. And just going, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and all those amazing bits. Yeah, and, and I was just like, I had, I had like a joke about creative freedom in it. I was just like, you know what, there's like placards going down and oh, like down the extreme, like, what do we want? Creative freedom. When do we want it? All the time. <laughs> and when I was reading the end, it's like, oh, you cut my joke. She's like, <laughs> And she was like, I didn't get it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so it's Brilliant. just, just that comedian skies off your resume. <laughs> it's just like, keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah. I, I try, I, there was a few jokes, and I was just like, oh, that one's gone too. <laughs> <laughs> There's something really brutal about the removal of it. Not just uh, like a quote or a No, no, this is like... like a joke. It's like, a, a piece of comedy just pulled. That's, it's like, that, that is savage. It's like 200 words. It's like, gone. Oh, <laughs> shot dead. <laughs> so I, I rectified the situation by even putting it on, on, on a record. That's excellent. There was a few things. I tried to use analogies because that kind of... When you transcend like, the reader somewhere else and say... A creative, you know, like uh, there's an analogy about creative athlete, like about being multifaceted. You know, sports person, like mm. as a designer, we can be multifaceted, but we don't really think see that as a default. So it's just like there's there's already things in there. So going back to the process, wrote, 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 then just looked at the rhythm of the book, just like just I stared at that 256 thumbnails mm. for days on end. Like, okay, I'm just calculating pages, I'm working out the page furniture, what I'm going to do here and what I'm going to do there. Because everything, I, I, I write the books, I get them copy edited, and then I design the books. So I write a, write a copy and design the books. Because I'm a control freak. Like, I, I just love that meaning of creativity that I'm, it's my, quotation marks, baby from start to finish. And that gives us more reward from what we do. So... I was just looking at that the rhythm of the book and how how is it going to work? What is in there? Like because the first one was quite haphazard and had a nice sort of random flow and it worked. But when you I've grown, I've learned, I wanted to do better. So I stayed up for days on end, just three hours, three years, six, seven, and yeah. Once I was happy with that, I just started planning the content and this, not doing mm-hmm. sort of uh, assigning pro- projects and thinking do I need extra 16 pages and <laughs> just, yeah but just I think this time I think it took about a month to design and it was enjoyable mm. but at every like with this book every single step I thought at every single step I thought I'm done now <laughs> I was like oh, oh yeah always, always I'm done now oh, I need to do this oh, I need to do that oh that's not done and that's not done and that's yeah. not done and that's not done I'm just like right so we went to print about two and a half weeks late because of just all of these, yeah, pushbacks, that's making sure that everything's there. But I mean, of course, if I had a wealth of time and if I was not as bloody minded, I could have published it next year. And I could have like, oh, we've got time, we'll review it, we'll print it on the walls and, you know. Yeah. But no, I mean, this is the nature. Like, I just feel like with the sort of tech-driven world that we are that everyone can mock up and prototype and do things really quickly I just feel like like what I would call from chocolate analogy the bean to bar you know it's you can shorten that time by by miles mm-hmm. and and the book technically I mean I, I just thought that no one who pre-ordered my book thought I was a fluke because they pre-ordered books in April and I was designing them in like in July I'm like well wait a minute it's meant to be shipping in like four weeks <laughs> it's just like 
I'm still designing. Don't worry. Like I mean, this is all like this is all worked out. So it's yeah. it's refined that there's no issue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's something could have gone wrong, but the printers literally pulled it out of the bag. Did an amazing job. We fine tuned the production. So the product is amazing, and mm. and um, yeah, the book exists because people asked for it. Fantastic. So it's a continuation. It's a standalone book, but the plan is to. Take out a copy at one point, at some point, and make it as a standalone textbook. Brilliant. Make it a Kindle edition. Make it a sort of this, was it Paul Arden style size book? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which actually that, that that book I remember I bought that book ages ago. It's not how good you are, it's how good you want to be. Yeah, very good. And that 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 was yeah one of the mantras because that. Never felt I was the most talented person because you look online and you see people being absolutely staggeringly amazing. And you're like, but nobody can be you. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, it's just that sort of mm-hmm. crazy sort of mixture of us. Absolutely. And where can people get it? Um, so the book can be bought this time. I have got a proper distribution, yeah. <laughs> which was really good because um, as an indie publisher, you have to jump through hoops to get books in the shops. Luckily, I got contacted by people like Foils. After a year of book being out, they, they asked for the books to be in because there's so many things you can do. I can spend every minute of every day working on the book and I still would not be finishing anything. So um, the book now can be literally bought from anywhere, from Waterstones, Foils. Um, it's all in, in these sort of shops. It's on, it's on big one, Amazon. And um, from my from my online store, which is the only place that sells signed copies. Brilliant! Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, no, because uh, I just know from you know from from conversations with editors and whatever else, it's, it's that's not easy. That's not easy to be distributed in all those places off your own back. So I think it's a huge achievement. That was that was really hard. Luckily, there was a few things I wanted to correct. That was also one of the reasons why I published the second book because I didn't hit all the jackpots. Where I wanted to, like, no. so there was always more press to be had. There was always more, yeah. more coverage, more more stores to be pushed, not stocked. And I, it was just really interesting because I got contacted by a distribution company about two months ago. They said we've been keeping an eye on you. We've seen your sales. We want to distribute your book. Brilliant. And I have fulfilled like my Amazon orders from my warehouse. So I would download all the pages, throw the PDFs, and send them to my warehouse and do that. And it was kind of like a couple of hours every week or something. Whereas I've seen the mess of orders coming for from Amazon for for book of for the volume two, and and there was like twenty seven different POs for Amazon. I'm like this this is by this is a good timing. This is I need to step this up. It's okay to grow up. It's okay to let go. And I got better deal on on on, on books. I, got, I get more from Amazon. Uh, I used to go on my own. I don't have to pay for any postage anymore. Like it just it just it just goes through the system. So it's it, it's better margins, and again, it's more more more, more efficient. So yeah. that again, I didn't know that two and a half years ago. Luckily, I know it today because <laughs> I wouldn't have. How could you? That's yeah. part, all part of the learning, isn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Well, the last bit I always ask my guests, I them for a, a positive and a negative, usually just about what they do, but I'm going to ask you about um, the book process and, the, and the, the, the whole the whole journey of creating a book, what, something you love about it and something you hate. What, um, I think what I love about it, that I, um, what I love about making books is that I always was making them as an antidote to the digital world. Mm. So when everyone 
when we all had we all started having websites and run around you know, East London with iPads with our portfolios on it. It was just like people will forget what you just done, what you just shown them. I always wanted to have a encapsulated piece of history. So that's for the very same feeling. It's just that that feeling of <clears throat> creating something for yourself and and having it having the actual physical article in your hands. Because I remember, like when I, I used to do, I, I started in design making flyers, and I remember seeing the very first flyer I've designed, <clears throat> which was dreadful, but I spent hours looking at it. It was like this. I I I just I just made something out of nothing, and yeah. I got paid for it. Yeah. It was dreadful, but I was still got paid for it. And with these books, it it feels somewhat surreal that that's me now. I do that. Um, I can say I'm an author. It's a bit crazy but I just love that I have invented my own dream future I didn't know that future was meant to exist but it was following those inroads I started and kind of stepping it up and turning up the volume and mm-hmm. going for that so that sense of satisfaction or just sense of accomplishment is, is, is dopamine it's a pure dopamine basically yeah. but yeah I yeah I love that the negative part um, it's not really many it's I don't know. Sometimes would it be self doubt? Sometimes it's thinking, is it here to stay? Kind of like the fear of unknown, which, yeah. which, which is also kind of like it's a nice, it's a nice fear to have because you always, if, if you stop moving, you'll stop moving. But if you keep going, you will get yeah. somewhere. So I just keep going and I see, and um, I've definitely got a bug for it now because I stopped writing at five a.m. Bust to wake up at 5am so I started working on uh, on the next book nice. which I'm hopefully might publish this time next year Brilliant. so it's not going to be a book of ideas it's going to be a book about branding and identity design awesome and really kind of spelling spelling out the process of how I sort of put everything in, in, in less philosophical more direct I look forward to that thank you um, <laughs> we'll see we'll see when it actually when it comes out <laughs> and last thing your website um, brandnew.co.uk brand and you super awesome yeah. well thanks for your time Nick. thank you it's been a pleasure nice one thank you Ben thank you very much to Radim Melanich for taking the time and a huge thank you to TNAD for giving us the space to record uh, Radim's book of ideas volume 2 is out now I do believe so go and have a look um, check out his website brandnew.co.uk that's b-r-a-n-d-n-u.co.uk and you'll find all the information there and get on social channels, follow him, see what he's up to. He's a talented, talented man doing lots of different stuff. Uh, go and see him talk if you get the chance. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, I saw him speak in Glug, Manchester, and he was brilliant. Um, and hopefully we'll get the chance to speak together. I'm starting to do a few dates myself. I'll let you know as and when they're confirmed. Um, be running my mouth about creativity outside of the show also. But please do go and spread the word. Let us know uh, you know, how you feel about things at Arrest All Mimics on social channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go and leave us a review on the iTunes. Uh, drop us a comment on SoundCloud, wherever you're happiest. Please let me know. Uh, it's a joy to hear from all you guys. And there's some absolutely wonderful conversation off the back of the Overthinking special episode with uh, C.K. Golden, who's uh, another force to be reckoned with. Um, by the time the show comes out, his film 61 Hugs will be out, so do go and see it if you get the chance. It's heartwarming and that's beautiful. So go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. Can subscribe on iTunes too. Please do go and do that. 
Uh, what have you guys been up to? Always awesome to hear what you've been doing. Let us know if you want to be on the show. We keep getting approaches now. They're coming in more often, which is really great. It's taking its time, but I'm starting to hear from people who want to be on the show, and I'm always happy to hear from you. doesn't mean I'm going to accept it, but if you're doing something cool, we can have that conversation and start to push the agenda and see if there's an angle. So, wonderful. Big thank you to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk and theaoi.com. Uh, give us a shout on that front as well. Always looking for new sponsorship. If you know anybody that might want to get involved on the advertising front, always looking for the right partners that might benefit the listenership. So cheers for that and let us know. Please do keep spreading the word about the show as well. I'm going to be starting this marketing campaign that I've been promising for some time, in this week actually, hopefully. Um, so watch this space for that and, and do do share any any content that you that you enjoy. So nice one, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Always a pleasure. Uh, keep coming back, and I want to hear from you all soon. <laughs> yes. So that big thank you to Radin Melanich today's uh, today's guest. Some big shows coming up. We've got Jim Sutherland from Studio Sutherland, one of the best designers in, in the UK right now, arguably in the world. Got all sorts of craziness coming up. But thank you. Have a great week. Uh, Stay creative. Cheers, guys.